This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Time for our Monday Mizzou Breakdown with James Carlton. Carlton State Farm Insurance. Find them online, carltoninsurance.net or directly at 314-961-4800. And our guy, James Carlton, is back. From Athens, he did not bring home the W, but I'm hoping a story or two. Tell us about it for those of us who have never been between the hedges. Oh, boy. It, it was a great game day experience. The weather was perfect. Uh, the Georgia fans, just uh, around town Friday evening into Saturday morning, I had Mizzou stuff on the whole time. Nobody even acknowledged it or mentioned it or talked any trash. Very businesslike. Uh, just kind of assuming, ah, we're the number one team. We win by 30 here at home and, and didn't seem too concerned. Uh, at, at halftime, I will say that did shift. Uh, but I did sit in the 600-level section. Can you believe that? That's how high up I was. <laughs> and wait a minute. And these, and these tickets came from a professor at Georgia. That's how yeah, they yeah. treat their faculty? They- they, I'm sure Kirby Smart has every resource he needs, okay? Right. But the professors that are actually teaching the academics, eh, maybe not so much. But yeah, 600 level, very high up, difficult to see. So I don't want to be too nerdy here, but I did rewatch the game yesterday when I got home just so I can really give you some good insight because it was difficult to really capture what was going on down there. Uh, certainly if you were confused at the game, I assume you were confused on TV about some of the flags. It was, it was a good experience. You feel like you, you let one get away. That's two years in a row. Mizzou's played the Bulldogs very difficult. Uh, I'd say outside of Ohio State, nobody's played them as tough as Mizzou has in the last few seasons. So tough loss. Got to pick yourself up quickly because there's a big challenge here on Saturday against Tennessee coming to Columbia. Now, I would be curious if you're walking around Athens on Friday in your Mizzou gear, and if I'm walking next to you wearing Alabama gear, if like if I would take some heat, like if it's just they're not worried about Mizzou as a rival, or if they're just kind of laid back in general, like, hey, we got this, we're, you know, we're Georgia, we're going to take care. It may have been a little bit about Mizzou, but maybe it's just how they feel about their program since, yeah, I, since I, they I, never I, lose. I, I, I did. I was, you know, during the game day, I'm kind of walking through the downtown with a friend of mine that I was staying with, and I did have one Georgia fan that said, hey, how's it going, ladies? I mean, that was his big shot. Ooh, gotcha, uh, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think you're right. If it was a Roll Tide gear, I think that would stand out and probably rub them the wrong way, unlike I don't think they treat Mizzou as a huge rival by any means. But I think Kirby was being sincere when, when he was pretty uh, complimentary toward Eli and his team and how, how well and how big of a challenge they were to prepare for and how big of a challenge it was for their offensive line to kind of contain Mizzou's defensive line. But in the end, the better team won, and uh, Mizzou made just one too many mistakes. You know, some good things that I took from Saturday, somebody that I've been a little down on is Tyrone Hopper. I thought Tyrone Hopper had a really good game. He was a really calming presence out there. Um, he, he had that one very odd offensive pass interference flag, either in the late third quarter or early fourth quarter. That ball, uh, the flag was thrown, he was not even to the goal line. The ball landed well outside the end zone. I have no idea how you can call that pass interference. But I thought Hopper had a really good game. The defensive line, heck, I mean, Beck has been sacked six times uh, year-to-date in the season. And they were sacked three times by Mizzou on Saturday. So, 
you know, they say the game's won in the trenches. Well, Mizzou performed, I thought, rather admirably in the trenches. I really do. And that gives me confidence that as long as they don't have a letdown on Saturday, they truly are one of the top 10, 12 teams in the country and can compete with anybody on any given day. Uh, we, we liked what we saw from Mevis. I mean, he made both his field goals, but unfortunately, the young man, uh, the freshman for Georgia, he made all three of his field goals, and I think we brought this up last week, that they hadn't even attempted a field goal longer than 44 yards. And there he is, there he is in the fourth quarter hitting a 47-yarder, and that was pretty clutch, and none of those were particularly close. He made each one of those rather easily. Um, so those were some of the good things I, I, I took from Saturday. Oh, how can we forget this? Cody Schrader. I mean, I, I might think about getting him tattooed on my left <laughs> bicep someday. I mean, he, he is such a warrior, and he's not the fastest guy. He's not the biggest guy, but my goodness, does he just get things done. Who goes into Athens and runs for, what did he have? He had 112 yards. And, you know, heck, if they would have not had to force to pass the ball there on those last, uh, the last drive or two, I mean, he was really wearing them down. So Cody Schrader, I mean, just I, I can't t- say enough about the kid. I really loved his response. He was the only player that spoke to the media after the game, and, and he said, no, we came down here to win. There's no moral victories. We're absolutely devastated. Um, so I, I really uh, have a lot of admiration for him. So yeah, I, th- I think now- Ben Benfred had a good line about him. I think he, I think it was something to the effect he's no longer the former Truman State running back. He's an SEC running back. Like we can dust and, off that story and right. put it away that he's not just oh how about this kid from Lutheran South who's walked on. Okay, he is a legit SEC running back. You're right. Nobody does that to Georgia. I think the frustration is. You got to break through and win this game at some point. It was the same with Gary Pinkle in Oklahoma. Right. You can't just say, "Well, we lose every year to Oklahoma." Chalk it up. We lose every year to Georgia. Oh well. And this is two years in a row. You had a chance. I mean, when you're leading in the third quarter, and even with the ball late, twenty-seven, twenty-one. I'm sure you were on the edge of your six hundred level seat, thinking, "Hey, man, this <laughs> this would be epic." And then Brady Cook, who's been very good this year, had a horrible moment at about the worst time. Yeah, that that was tough. But I think the game really turned on one particular play. It was third and seven. Mizzou had just come out of the gates in the second half and had a really good drive that got stalled on a false start in the red zone and ultimately had to kick a field goal. So they're up 13-10. Uh, uh, Mizzou has Georgia at a third and seven, and by all accounts, defended it fine. The pass was thrown well behind the receiver, yet they threw a pass interference flag. Was there a little grabbing going on? Yeah, I, I'm, I think there was. I don't think there was anything justified for a pass interference, particularly because the ball, that was, Beck had a good game. That was a, one of his worst throws of the day. That was nowhere near the receiver. If it was near anybody, it was, on, it was near Norwood, for crying out loud. And so that pass interference, it changed the whole momentum because rather it being 13-3 with Mizzou receiving the, uh, the punt and having a lot of momentum, and that stadium would have been very, very quiet. They go down and score a touchdown and then never relinquish the lead. Another thing, in the second quarter, and it's hard to knock on this young man. He's been so unbelievable. Burden had a great catch on that first drive. I mean, that's when you thought, wow, I mean, Mizzou is here to play, and Burden might be the best player on the field. The play he got dinged up on, I thought he should have had that. I mean, I thought that was a touchdown. It turned into a field goal. It would have been 14-10 instead of 10-10. That was a momentum-shifting play for sure, and not getting those six points out of the half. You know, Mizzou was 3-for-3 in the red zone but two field goals. So they only scored one touchdown when they got to the red zone, and that's really the difference in the game. Georgia scored uh, you know, a few more touchdowns when they got to the red zone there. 
But oh, it was a great game. I just as a fan, I'm assuming you were watching at home. Pretty entertained, pretty pretty uh, suspenseful on your part. Oh yeah, and kept thinking, hey, it's still doable. Even when they they scored, and that when when Zoo got the Schrader touchdown, converted the two pointer, I thought, okay, they they are right there. This is a, this is one of those ones. It's for the taking. Even though, yeah, they're the better team, the better program. This is a, that's why I keep focusing on. It was an opportunity. And and I thought Drinkwood's post game. He seemed like he knew that too. Like pretty defeated. Like boy, we this we had we had a chance. And it, yeah, they're great and all that. But you still had a chance. I don't like blaming the refs. That's such a tired thing. I do I do think the long review on the offensive pass interference and the confusion from the broadcasters to maybe even the referees, like what they're even reviewing. It did have this sense, like when they called a penalty, they almost had to consult with George and say, "Sorry about this. Sorry, we got to go over. Here's kind of what we're looking at. I'm so sorry." It, it almost felt like they do call Kirby over and say, "Hey, we'll do our best here to see if we can flip this for you here." And it just, it just kind of had that weird vibe. And it's, it's not why they lost, but I, it, it wasn't great. I'm with you. It's kind of a loser mentality to blame the officiating. But up in the 600 levels, we had no idea what was right. going on. I didn't even know offensive. I didn't even know offensive pass interference. You didn't know we had the ball. And, and I guess offensive pass interference can't be reviewed. But whether or not the ball reached the line of scrimmage, evidently, is what they were viewing. And now that I watched that at home, there was even, even uh, I don't know who the former official they had on the broadcast with them, even he said there's no conclusive evidence that this, this reached the line of scrimmage. I think they're going to stand with the call. It, it, ultimately, that didn't <laughs> excuse me affect the game a whole lot. I think they would have scored a, Was a that a field goal, goal drive anyway? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah they would have scored that anyway. And so after uh, Cook throws that interception, which is a head-scratcher, I mean, now that I saw it on TV, I mean, on the right side, um, Makai Miller probably could have ran for 40 yards if, if uh, Cook had seen him. And I'm not really quite sure what Cook was trying to do there. You know, he's a very tough kid. Uh, he bleeds black and gold. He's our quarterback, and we're going to root like hell for him for the rest of the season. That was a tough play, and he's probably going to you know, think about that one for a long time. But let, let's bounce back, and let's go win a big game against Tennessee. But even after that interception, it's – uh, it's a six-point game before they got that field goal. I think this was maybe the play right after that they picked up that offensive pass interference flag. Uh, Carson Beck did not see Chuck Hicks, uh, the linebacker, kind of sitting on a route in the middle of the field, and he jumped up and tipped the ball. If he had one more inch on his vertical, he's getting two hands on that, and oh my gosh, what a momentum shift that would have been. If he picks that ball off, I don't know how far he can run with it, but at the very least, Mizzou now has the ball with very little time, which is a good thing, where they could go in for the final score and potentially win that game. A lot of what-ifs. Uh, just a, it's, it's so refreshing to have this meaningful football. Of course, those opportunities don't come along to win the East every year and knock off a team that has a 1-in-25 games. Sure, we would love to have it. But I, we, a year ago, did you see this scenario playing out? Well, now sitting at seven and one with a chance to win in Georgia, I did not. I didn't see it in August when we were talking about the season. All right, final thought on no. Tennessee. So they're seven and two. They lost at Florida. I'm sure they consider that a bad loss. They lost at Alabama, but they were leading at halftime. It was either thirteen or seventeen nothing before the tide came rolling back. So, and this Josh Heupel seems to like to hang big numbers on Mizzou. I this one this one scares me a bit. If I'm thinking Mizzou can get back up and start winning again, this is going to be tough. It is. This is a tough game to pick yourself back up on because I'm going to go over a few things with you that are very, very evenly matched. I don't know what it is about Heupel. He left on his own accord to take the UCF job, so there shouldn't be any uh, ill will there. But, yes, he, he definitely ran up the score last year in Knoxville, so we'd love some revenge here. Uh, scoring per game, Mizzou's averaging 32, Tennessee's averaging 34. A lot, Mizzou's allowing 24, Tennessee's allowing 18. Strength of schedule. Can't get any more close than this. Mizzou's 15th, Tennessee's 14th. 
uh, average average yards per game. Uh, Mizzou's at 433. They're at 466. So offensively, very evenly matched. One stat that really kind of stood out to me is Tennessee is 4 for 14 on fourth down conversions. That's really bad because typically when you're going for it on fourth down, it's a gettable situation, three or four yards. Uh, so they're at 28%. Mizzou's at 56% on fourth down conversions. Sacks, Tennessee gets after you. They have 30 sacks on the year, and Mizzou's got a defensive line that gets after you too, but they only have 27. Tennessee runs the ball really well. This is a completely different offense that we've seen the last few years out of Heupel. They are a very efficient running team with a ferocious defense. So I, I don't see them scoring in the 50s like they have in years past, but they still can score just in a different style, and the defense is very, very ferocious. So uh, I think this is about as evenly of a match game. I think any spread you look at has it right around a pick either plus one or minus one, depending on which site you're looking at. And it's a 2.30 start. We get the A-team for the broadcast team this week. That's exciting. <laughs> so we get the A-team with, uh, with Gary Danielson on Saturday afternoon. So it's I, I, still a lot to play for. I mean, my goodness, if they went out there 10-2 and two, and nobody saw that coming, yeah. at least nobody that I was talking to. Uh, they did not have the A-team uh, the other night. I'm going to talk to Brendan a little bit about that. It's James Carlton, and i got to give a game ball to your wife. You come back from Athens after being gone to watch the game, and then you say, honey, I need to sit down and watch the game on TV. Coaches got to look at some tape. James Carlton from State Farm Insurance, carltoninsurance.net. Real simple, James. They call you, and you will contribute to NIL. That's right. But one clarification is I downloaded the game on my phone and watched it on the plane. Oh, okay. <laughs> all, right, all right. You're a good husband, yeah, a good dad. You, yeah, that's right. You call 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. Get a quote for car, for home, for life. It's incredibly easy. Again, you can text or call 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. And for every quote you get where you mention this show, we're going to donate $20 to NIL on your behalf, and we're going to keep competing in the SEC. Love it. Thanks so much for hopping on and recapping the trip to Athens, and let's hope they get it done against Tennessee. That's James Carlton. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.